This is the Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson and with me this week are Jim Spence and Alan Temple. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we? Morning, Eric. Very well. Morning, Eric. Very well. <laughs> Full of ex- brimming with excitement, are we? Well, I think, you know, it's that classic kind of period, isn't it? It's not a loaded question, by the way, Jim. You can take that whichever way, you know. No, I mean, we, <laughs> you know, we, we've got the kind of the start of the League Cup out of the way. And no harm to the League Cup. I always feel that when the league starts proper, that's when, that's when the football season really kicks in for the, certainly for the full-time clubs and, and, and the It's been clubs. instantly forgettable, let's face it. Let's, yeah. Let's no, I, I, <laughs> and it's been a strange start, actually. I mean, it kind of, it's almost been a lukewarm start. I don't know whether it's because it's come off the back of um, the Euros, uh, this True. year or not but we yeah. seem to have kind of slipped into it you know and it's not I'd be a liar if I'd said it had got the um, <clears throat> the blood racing so far uh, Eric so I'm looking forward to Saturday Sunday um, when our, our local clubs uh, uh, are involved that, that's when it really kind of Whizzes into gear for me, I have to say. I agree with that because I, th- I was going to add there. I, th- I think the, the fixture list makes a big difference as well. You know, Dundee United have got a cracker. You've mm-hmm. obviously got Dundee back in the top flight, and St Johnston's fixtures are all kind of supplemented by that prospect of Galatasaray coming up. So I think the fixture list really helps make this feel like the proper start of the season. Yeah, well, I think we'll we'll start with Saints Allen because they've they've been probably on a couple of fronts the biggest news story of the week. Um, we'll talk about their their expected signing in a, w- in a wee bit. But we'll start off with uh, with Galatasaray. I had a colleague, Mister Gordon Barnman, who kept uh, kept pulling me up for uh, almost writing that you know it was Galatasaray, it was Galatasaray, Galatasaray. He was saying, "Well, PSV could make a comeback." Or PSV, sorry, uh, Galatasaray could make a comeback. PS PSV took care of them though, didn't they? It was always it was always going to happen. You're a uh, you're not self-proclaimed, but I'm 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 giving you the the label of being a Turkish a resident Turkish football expert. Take that. <laughs> That's a new one. Take, take that. Take take that. Take that. Oh, I'll ignore that, Jim. Take that and take that and run with it as you as you wish, Alan. Come on. What? How? No. Seriously, how strong is this Galatasaray team? Without going into the full preview, because we can do that next week. How strong is this Galatasaray team compared to the ones that everybody sort of remembers? You know, the ones, the welcome to hell against Man United. You know, this used to be sort of hardy perennials of the Champions League, didn't didn't they? Well, I mean, what sort of stage are they at just now, Galatasaray? They're clearly not the side that they once were. They got absolutely battered by an albeit very talented PSV side, but they're not the side they once were. And they are a kind of... I think there's, they're a mishmash of wonderful names, but uh, it can be said that they're not a particularly coherent outfit. Ryan Babel, Radamel Falcao, Eunice Belhanda, these are wonderful names of world football, but it's not a particularly coherent unit. And I think a lot of Scottish football fans saw that when they came and played Rangers a couple of years ago. You know, it's, it's not a side to necessarily be feared, but at the same time, <laughs> there are a collection of wonderful players who will still be vast, vast favourites to to play uh, when they do face St Johnston, and it's a, a wonderful occasion to look forward to. But Galatasaray will be huge favourites. I mean, at the moment they're on the cusp of signing and I'll add Olympio Muritan from from Romanian football for fifteen million pounds. They've just signed Patrick Van Han- uh-huh. Anholt, who's a good player, from the Premier yeah. League, so we'll be. 
will be crazy wages. You know, they, they usurped Celtic for uh, Sasha Boy, the, the defender they were after. So that's the market. That's the, the pool that, the, that this club still fishes in, even if the team they put on the park isn't quite the great Haji team that mm. we, we perhaps remember. But just... What an occasion! What an occasion it is to look forward to, regardless of of, of what this current makeup of, of a Galatasaray. Yeah, are. as as a club, Alan, are they still? Are they? Are they? Is it a club that's? Is there infighting? I mean, because I'm I'm just thinking, you know, Galatasaray. It's it's kind of a it's it's win the league or failure, isn't it? And they didn't win the league, so are they? Is there are there issues bubbling along? bubbling under the surface or bubbling over the surface? It is worth saying they came very, very close to winning the league, but um, much like in Scotland, when you get pipped by the tiniest of margins by uh, Besiktas, that is, uh, that's a tantamount to uh, ultimate failure, regardless of how close you came. But they're not a, they're not a, a club not a crisis. crisis. Club. No. You know, it's, you know, they're still a club that's paying very well. They're still a club that's signing talented players and they are still, as Johnston have found out after their uh, welcome, to, <laughs> welcome to Tullock tweet the other <laughs> night, they're still a club that has a uh, more than vociferous <laughs> fan base. So it's still it's still the Galatasaray that we remember. They're just, um, the pieces aren't quite there. And I think as you can see by the money that they're spending and seeking to spend, they're a club that's uh, definitely in transition. Ah, well, maybe that maybe they'll say it's so left to regret that tweet, Jim, when Steve Brown's not getting his night's sleep in his hotel when they're all when they're all said they're banging up big drums. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, I mean, it is. Alan summed up a lot of it there. It's just, I mean, if if you if they can't sort of, you know, soak up the the occasion, the two-legged occasion, more so probably the second leg and everything that it will bring, then. It's why are why are they in football in the first place? Yeah, I mean, they're, you know, Alan, Alan's right. They are. They, they, I think the, the the phrase that he used there, kind of, the, he was at the pool they swim in or the pool they fish in. I mean, they're a big, big club. I mean, they I think their average crowd's about thirty five thousand or something like that. And when you get clubs spending, you know, fifteen million euros on players, um, uh, you know, which will be three times the uh, at a minimum, I'd imagine, three times the turnover, uh, perhaps more. Of, of St. Johnston, you, you know right away that you're dealing with, you know, with a big, big football club, an institution, or a Turkish institution. Mm. Um, I don't know, I mean, it's interesting that uh, Babel and, and Falcao were, were on the bench, I think, they, against uh, PSV in the 2-1 defeat, you know, but they've, they, they will have, um, they'll have a, a, a depth of quality about them, I think, that, that will, that, you know, that is bound to be worrying. I mean, they may, they may not be kind of, you know, as as profoundly uh, wonderful as, as some of their great sides in the past, but, um, you, you know, you, you would always have to fear, I think, that, that, you know, the level of quality they will have uh, might just prove a wee bit too much um, at, at this stage. Since we all, you know, you won't know until you see it in the flesh. That's, yeah. that's as simple as that. But they're certainly, you know, and I, I mean, I hesitate to say they're well and truly pumped 7-2 on aggregate by PSV but I mean that is no hardship I, again you know one, one of the one of the great kind of lesser sides of European football if you want you know I mean not, not quite top drawer um, but, um, but high enough you know so um, you, you're talking probably just as well it seems didn't they get PSV you know but Galatasaray will still prove to be a remarkably tough competition I think there'll be one I mean I, I, I don't even know if the betting's probably not even out yet because because we don't know who's going to be in the actual competition proper, but you know if Galatasaray 
progressed past Saints, you know, they get to the group stages, they'll be one of the favourites to win the thing, won't they? Well, they 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 have a they have a history, they have a pedigree, and that's the that counts for a lot. You, I, well, it does, it does count for. I mean, you, you can, you know, you, you can overdo, you can overreach yourself with that sort of stuff. And I mean, I was watching some of the Celtic boys having kind of having a crisis, you know, last night on Twitter and, and today in, in terms of what what's happened to them, you know. Um, and and I suppose in terms of what happened to Celtic last night with Meteorland, you would look at Celtic and think they're, they're mm-hmm. by comparison to the team that beat them last night, they're a big big club. They have have European pedigree, you know. In recent years, it's not that great. So pedigree, you know, pedigree, I think is important. It doesn't you know it, it can quite often come back to bite you on the backside um but still you know looking at Galatasaray I, I I mean I wouldn't be in the habit of making any rash predictions on the basis of two things one not having seen how Saints are going to kind of form uh, perform this season but more importantly um not having seen Galatasaray it'd be yeah. pretty rash I think to suggest that, that although they are not as great a side as, as as historically perhaps they have been that they would be um you know easy meat they certainly won't be yeah neither there are like yeah, Manchester United, Tottenham. You know, I mean, you could go through umpteen mm. sort of these huge, huge clubs that aren't at levels they would probably want to be, but are still, you know, phenomenally strong teams. Right. I mean, whether he's whether he's available for for that game or the second leg, or you know, I'm expecting Etu Vertonen to be confirmed as a St. Johnson signing in the next in the next few days. Alan, he's, that's a signing that I mean, we can't, you know, they're all, we say that we've said this time and time again, they, they, every signing's a gamble. And he strikes me as one that, you know, they've taken, there's less, put it, put it this way, there's, there'll be far less risk to bringing Etu Verton into St. Johnston than, say, even Guy Melamed the season before. Uh, I think this, this guy looks like he's, he ticks pretty much most of the boxes you would look for when you're bringing in. A signing from abroad, you know, a, you know, I don't want to go down foot, football cliche land, but you know, a country that's not dissimilar, you know, climate-wise to to Scotland. He's up and running by playing football in his own league just now. Physically, has has a bit about him. He's already played against Rangers in a friendly, done very well. Gone through all the, the age group internationals for for Finland. You know, look at his YouTube pilot. So there's 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 a lot going for him, isn't there, Alan? Yeah, I think you make a fine point regarding uh, Finnish football as well. I think um, you know it's a it's a country that's on the up in terms of its, its standard of play, and also I think Scandinavia is a market that Scottish clubs should be uh, seeking to take advantage of mm-hmm. uh, in lots of ways. Uh, it's the perfect fit. It's not, you know, you're not going to sign players from the, the very top teams. You're, you're kind of Malmo's in Sweden or, or the Norwegian champions. But you know, look at the smaller clubs in those nations, or look at the the higher up clubs in Finland. And you know, good English, physical style of football. Many of them run summer leagues, so are ready to hit the ground running. It's a really sensible market for Callum to be looking at, and. The Melamed uh, example was a was an interesting one because not only does he have that same uh, frisson of the unknown, which always excites supporters, but he seems to be the the same sort of player. I mean, I, I know you did a, a piece on the Courier Sport website that people can read, which basically has compared him to an, an Andrew Shinney type player, and you know that would suggest that he's akin to a, a guy Melamed, someone that will get behind uh, Chris Kane, that will you know create chances that will open up defenders. And 
um, uh, yeah, it's, it's something to, to be really excited about. And like you, I saw a, a clips of a, a few of his goals and, you know, he looks strong, he looks intelligent, he looks like he's happy to have a pop at goal and proof of being the pudding. But yeah, who, who doesn't like an exciting, unknown uh, foreign player coming into their club? Oh, that's the that's the that's part of it, isn't it, Jim? You know, that's part of it. You know, it's it's good to get in guys who we all know about and have been around the block in Scottish football. You know, a few times. You know, Craig Conway's these type of guys for phenomenal jobs. But there is something exotic and exciting about a guy coming in who, who who's got a bit of as as Callum himself said a bit of the unknown about him. You know, you you don't quite know what you're getting. You know, and just discovering. After the long wait, you know, with Guy Melmed discovering what he had in his locker, you know, where he, where he scored that goal at Hamilton and the rest of it, that was part of the excitement of last season for Saints fans, wasn't it? Yeah, I've said it before, Eric. I mean, you know, football is the entertainment industry. I mean, it's bread and circuses. You know, you, you, you kind of go along to be hopefully entertained. I mean, you go along to see your team winning, you know, and competing. But you want to be entertained. You want to see something different. And I think there is there is always a, a frisonic excitement when uh, something novel, you know, when, when, uh, uh, arrives. I mean, it's, it's actually quite intriguing historically. Um, a couple of clubs that, you know, going way back into the 60s, Morton and Dundee United were, mm-hmm. were uh, the two first to explore the Scandinavian market. And I sometimes think that, that over the years, I mean, United had a, another wee pop at it again um, when they had uh, people like Zetterland and, and, and Olofsson and, uh, and Eric Peterson uh, and company, you know, they, they had a wee spell. And I sometimes think that given the similarities and in, 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 in the nature of the people and, and the the, um, <clears throat> the you know, the temperature, the winter, uh, and all the rest of it. I'm not entirely sure whether Finland actually comes under the, the heading Scandinavia, but Northern, Northern European. I'm Nordic, sometimes surprised. Nordic, that, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, Nordic, yeah. I'm kind of some, sometimes kind of surprised that we haven't, uh, you know, made more of, uh, made more uh, of, of that. And, and by and large, as a rule, um, they tend to be, and I hate kind of broad bush generalizations, but <clears throat> I'll make one here anyway. They tend to be, Similar, I think, you know, the mentality, I think, is, mm-hmm. is quite similar, you know. So it'll be an interesting one to see. I mean, certainly he comes with um, uh, with, with a good reputation. He's a good age and all the rest of it. And, and as you suggested there, Melamed, I mean, we all kind of waited to see what it would be like when he um, emerged from his hotel room on, on his e-bike <laughs> or whatever he was on, you know, <laughs> at, at training during lockdown. But, I mean, he turned out to be a, a fine player, albeit, you know, there's a slight difference between the Finns and the Israelis, temperature-wise, if nothing else. But um, he turned out to be a fine player. So I think it's, you know, I, I, think, I think, you know, there's a frisson of excitement about it and also Saints I mean to the bit you know unless I've missed something I mean who's in it James Brown I think the defender from Millwall is mm-hmm. that about the only one that they've no, brought they've got in a couple so of younger far. players in they got yeah. um, uh, Hayden Muller from Millwall on loan and Reese Devine from Man United on right, loan but it, it, it's, it's not kind of there's not been any vast marquee kinda, signings you know, like marquee signings that, that's right you know um, so I think in that respect you know the, the, there's a bit of excitement there for, for Saints fans to look forward to um, hoping that, um, that that you know it, it turns out to be something special. Ah, it's never easy to predict. You know, first games of the season, uh, particularly when Saints are involved, Alan, because they haven't played a competitive game yet. And well, Ross County have had their their COVID issues, so that that complicates matters even further. But I'm going to ask you to predict all the same. How do you? What sort of game are you are you envisaging up in Dingwall? Because there's obviously Malky Mackay's made a few changes as well. It's massively difficult to make an informed prediction, isn't it? And it's it is. It's purely because of almost the latter, which is Ross County's COVID 
troubles. You know, I was really looking forward to uh, the Dundee against Ross County game because I thought that would be a really good um, uh, kind of yardstick mm-hmm. for how both of those clubs were preparing for the Premiership. You know, Ross County under new management, Dundee just coming back up into the Premiership. I was, you know, I was looking forward to that one, and I feel like I could give a much more informed prediction if that game had taken place. But I think what I would say is I think the the major advantage St Johnston have got is uh, familiarity and success and positivity. That's you know three pretty key yeah. things it's this pretty much uh, who would have thought it you know when the, all the rumours were swirling about but it's basically it is the, it's the double winning team uh, moment, aside yeah. from yeah Guy Melamed so you know it's it's the double winners that are going up there and they're looking forward to and fighting for a place in the team against Galatasaray and Ross County are in a rebuilding process. They've not played enough games. You know, there's a, a lot of new faces there. There's a new manager there. So I would like to think that that familiarity and also the buzz of, do you know what, I'm going to make sure I am undroppable when we go mm-hmm. to Istanbul will hopefully um, should give them enough to, to win that. But it is so difficult to say without having a proper gander at Ross County in a tough top level game. Yeah, I mean, I think the the European football factor is is just perfect for Saints, just because it because it keeps, you know, it keeps things fresh after the season that everybody thinks no, no, they couldn't possibly emulate the whole, you know, having that in the background focuses minds, doesn't it, Jim? And it'll it'll keep, like I say, fresh is the word I'll I'll use again. It just keeps things, you know, a wee bit different for them, and so you know, minds minds should be sharp. Yeah, I mean, I, I think every every player, but certainly every Scottish player, wants to play in European football. And this is a big, big fixture. And and, and Saints are going in. Uh, I mean, Alan's right there to be cautious and trying to kind of, you know, as we probably all are at this stage in the season to try to predict. I mean, I, I, I kind of made a vow after having egg on my face last season with a couple of predictions that, that I would wait six to eight games into the season before uh, no, making that's, any. That's not allowed. Not allowed. Any vows this, this season. Don't worry. You know, don't worry. Um, I'll be I mean, coming back to grand sweeping but, predictions oh, no, at I mean, the end of the programme. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look at you. You look at the Ross County side, and, and it's. I mean, the club has been denuded. Billy Mackay, <laughs> Michael Gardine, uh, uh, Jason Naismith, uh, Vigers, You know, aye, Draper, the, the cornerstone uh, of their players, team, really. Yeah. But players that were just, I absolutely players that were absolutely just kind of nailed on every other week, and, and and they've gone, and they haven't brought that many, in, I think, you know, so far. But big test too for Malky Mackay. I mean, you know, given, given the situation that <clears throat> Malky Mackay found himself in, you know, um. You know, particularly coming back to club football, um, th- th- there's a big test ahead for him as well because a lot of Ross County fans weren't happy about his, you know, his, his getting the job um, uh, in Dingwall. Um, but from a Saints pers- perspective, from the perspective we look at it, I, I think it's um, Saints go into this as, as, as double winners. A squad that, by the looks of it, has 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 you know not been touched, and and I mean you know who knows what will happen between now and the weekend. Glenn, Middle- Glenn mean, Middleton's not there, but I mean Glenn no, Middleton. Yeah, but for I mean, all but realistically, I mean it's, he wasn't it's, a regular starter. You know? Wasn't a regular starter. That's right. And 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 there 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 were. I'm not saying expectations, but you did wonder. You thought they could lose three, four players here. Um, you know, I I know that kind of Rotherham still still sniffing about. I don't know, but I mean uh, you know a bit quieter. You, you kind of wonder. But at the moment, Saints look as though they've got the squad that they've got. European football, they go in with their kind of you know a cock of the walk as double uh, double winners to to this season. There's a, you know there's a lot to be pleased about and a lot to look forward to if you're a St Johnson player at the moment. Well, I mean you could kind of say it with this St Johnson Ross or Ross County St Johnson game, but I think it's particularly relevant for Dundee 
against St Murn moving on when you see the fixtures and you automatically your first reaction if you're a fan is oh that's great we've avoided one of the big teams and we're at home so it's kind of like a cup tie where you think that's all you could ask for type scenario but the 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 flip side of that is you kind of have to win them or at worst draw because Dundee have the opportunity to get off to a flyer but it's a big risk reward it's a big there's big jeopardy on this one as well, isn't there? Because if you lose to a St. Murn at home, all of a sudden you think, oh, are we, you know, we're a promoted team. Are we really up to the level of the, you know, the sort of established, let's face it, although, although St. Murn were close to getting top six, a bottom six team, you know, so there's, there's quite a lot riding on this for Dundee. Do you agree? You really are determined to make this uh, week one absolutely definitive for the whole season, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> that's quite, it's quite impressive. <laughs> Nobody's going to listen if we just say, ah, forget it. First games don't matter. Yeah, what I would say is I, I think Dundee are in, a, are in a good place for it. Um, I do they've done, Yeah, I do they've done, they've done good business and they've done business quick. Um, I, I'm not going to subscribe to some of the slight panic uh, across the road at Dundee United in terms of the tr- transfer business. You know, there's still a bit of time to go and it's a long season. However, Dundee have taken the approach where they want the vast majority of uh, their squad to be in the door before the Premiership campaign starts. And I think they've, by and large, done that. Uh, I look at the squad and think, maybe, uh, you know, perhaps a a defensive, you know, reinforcement here or there. But beyond that, you look at it and you go, yeah, it's pretty much there. It's pretty much ready. So the proof will, you know, as I said earlier, the proof will be in the pudding on that one. But I don't think it's a... I don't think we're in must-win territory, but we're certainly in can-win territory, and that's a tantalising prospect for for Dundee. They'll have nothing to fear. You look at the eleven names that will be on the team sheet for Dundee: guys like Killian Sheridan, Charlie Adam. You've got Luke McCowan making a flying start. Jordan McGee looking to carry on his form from last season. That's a you know it's a it's a good side, and it's a side that you'll put up against the eleven players that St Mirren have out and say. Yeah, absolutely. Why can't we beat them? There's no reason why not. It's not it's not panic stations if they do fail to win, but it will be a disappointment if they fail to win because, as you rightly say, I think it's a match that you'll look at the respective sides and say there's there's no reason why why James McPake's men shouldn't be coming out with three points. Yeah, Jim, I mean, it's, it's not definitive and certainly nobody's suggesting that, but it'll be a good gauge though, won't it? All the same. I, th- I think so, uh, Eric. And I mean, you know, I, I always uh, I always like to do a wee Vox Pop and I was having a Vox Pop with my neighbour over the wall the other day and he's very excited. He's a, he's a big D. He's very excited uh, about Dundee. Uh, is is the clue that he's wearing full, full kit? Is, and, that, is that the clue? <laughs> he's, no, he's, no, he, he's got his big Scotland flag flying in the back garden, I have to say. But it's still uh, from the Euros. But he's, um, you know, you would say that a lot of his, a lot of his, uh, his Arab mates are... are, 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 are you know, the opposite of him, they're pretty pessimistic about the season, but he's certainly very pessimistic. And I think the reason to be so, I think Alan's right, they've done some business early on. I like, I, I like, um, I like a club with big characters about the place. And I think in Charlie Adam and, and Killian Sheridan, I think you've got a couple of real big characters, guys that have been about, they've been, uh, they've been places, they've been at big clubs, they've been about the place, you know, um, and, and, and they kind of, you know, there's a Nora, I think they bring a Nora with them, they bring a kind of certain sense of substance um, uh, with them. And then there's, I, I must admit, I'm also looking forward to seeing Paul McMullen, um, you know, kind of firmly cemented now in, in, in the dark blue, because I thought he was a, 
you know, on his day, I thought he was a fine, fine player for United. You know, when he was on his game, beating men, uh, you know, scoring occasionally, assisting, setting them up, etc. Um, they've, they've also, you know, the, the guy McCowan from from uh, Air United, the midfielder. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, I think I've seen him only once, once or twice, but you know, comes with a good rep as well. Ryan Sweeney, the defender from Mansfield, that, that Dundee squad to me looks uh, looks strong. It looks quite imposing. You know, I'm not, not for a minute suggesting they're stick-ons for the top six, although that should be the ambition for a club the size of Dundee. But I think that there is a kind of sense, there's a quiet sense of confidence, I think, about a lot of, a lot of Dundee fans that have spoken, spoken to one of my other neighbours around the corner. As I was, you, you'll know that I've kind of taken to learning the motorbike. I was in the business of falling off around the... <laughs> around oh, the well. corner the other day and uh, he gave my assistance you know <laughs> as I was trying to kind of uh, pull the bloody thing up and pulling a muscle a muscle in my thigh and uh, that'll, be, that'll be me no <laughs> that'll be James McPeak not looking at me for the weekend but that's no, what you I mean, get for tw- that's what you get for <laughs> tweeting while you're on your <laughs> motorbike <laughs> I know but we got on the crack about what was going on at Dens and Tannadice this season and he's pretty optimistic as well I have to say so there is a sense and that's a good thing I think you know there's a good sense of optimism I think with Dundee fans but now look it might last a week it might last three months it might dissipate by half time who knows but at the moment it looks it looks to me as though there's something going on at Dens which I think um, looks quite exciting you know um, and I do like as I say I like characters I like when you've got a Sheridan and a Charlie Adam in and about your dressing room on the training ground and all the rest of it with that sense of aura about them so I think you know I'm quietly optimistic for what what the season might bring for Dundee talking like Characters, Alan. There's there's none uh, larger than life than than Jason Cummings. He didn't quite he he didn't quite make the impact I thought he would do at Championship level. What I mean, you the reason I'm coming to you is you you you'll know him better than us because having worked having covered the uh, the Edinburgh beat. Are you expecting him to be a, a talismanic figure for for Dundee in the top flight? Or I mean, has I mean. Ha, his career's not panned out as probably you expected either, has it? You know, this is a guy that was in Scotland squads not that long ago. Yeah, he's a he's a goal scorer, he's a, a finisher, he's a naturally confident, gallus boy, but he also has his limitations as a as a footballer that uh, I think are, are fairly clear to see. I mean, I remember when he came which, through which it. Are what work rate? He's. I don't think he's particularly uh, adept at holding the ball up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he links up overly well with others, brings them into the game. I think he needs somebody beside him. Mm-hmm. Um, however, if you can get people around him, um, if you play with wingers and you know a, well. a striker yeah. who perhaps does a little bit of the donkey work, I mean, I'm going to go right back to uh, when he scored all those goals, upwards of 30, I think it was, in the championship with Hibs. He had a Grant Holt, basically, mm-hmm. um, who was there holding people off, being intelligent, a really good link-up man. And Jason absolutely thrived off thrived off that because all he had to do was make intelligent runs, get in good positions, and smash the ball into the net with that left foot of his. Now, if I don't think the team will always be set up for him to do that at Dundee. I don't think they're necessarily going to always be favourites, so they're not necessarily always going to be playing Jason Cummings and Killian Sheridan in the same team. But when they do, I think Jason could have a really, really good rapport with uh, Killian Sheridan. He's just just the type of guy that, that that Jason Cummings could play off. And likewise with the wingers, with McMullen on one side, McCowan on the other, whipping balls into the box, giving them things to get on the end of. There's a, a real chance for him to to kick on, but as I say, the circumstances need to be right, and I think he's made a couple of moves where 
obviously we, we know the off the pitch stuff, and he's said uh, enough times that you know he regrets certain things that he's done. So we don't need to go over all that. But in purely fo- football in terms, he made a couple of moves where the football wasn't right for him, the way the team sought to play wasn't right for him, and he never maybe didn't get the chances that that he would have liked. But you know, he's a he's a the one thing he'll never lose is he's a he's a confident lad and he's a finisher. And as the the, the kind of managerial cliche always says. You know that strikers who can find the net are worth their weight in gold. So, uh, yeah, there's no reason why he can't be a a real player for Dundee. But uh, you know, I, I I wouldn't say we'll be on the you know talismanic first name on the team sheet every week kind of player. But there's no reason why he can't be scoring, you know, seven to ten goals and doing his bit as a squad player within a a decent Dundee team. Mm-hmm. There are there are a few players in that Dundee team, Jim that. I mean, there's question marks over overall, and there's question marks over every every player at the start of a new season at every club. But Dundee have got a lot where you think you know you can go through them. Cami Kerr, did he look? Did he look Premiership level when when Dundee went down? Not so sure. We don't know. Charlie Adam Willie's Willie's is will you know mobility be an issue? against the top, top players. It didn't look like it was against Kilmarnock, which Kilmarnock were a, a poor, poor side. I think even Tommy Tommy Wright would admit that at the end of last season in the playoffs. You go like Paul McGowan, you could probably put into the, the same character, the same category, albeit very, you know, a consistent performer at the, at the top flight when Dundee were, were last in the Premier League, in the Premiership, but that was a that was a wee while ago. You know, you, there, there are a lot of question marks. So... You know, it's they're not James Pate's going to have to be a good manager, isn't he? To to with his selections, he is a bit of a tinkerer, so he's going to have to manage his squad well and choose the right games for a Paul McGowan, a Charlie Adam, even a, a Jason Cummings. Would you agree? I think that's part and parcel of management generally, <clears throat> Eric. Not just not just for uh, uh, for James McPake. I mean, we found you know last season St Johnson didn't have um, a, a, a big squad, and you know that that brings that. Some, I, I actually think that's quite a good thing, but sometimes it brings its own uh, its own problems. But Callum Davidson managed that magnificently. You know, oh, it's and, his and, best and, achievement, and he, I think, if you look at it in terms of the man management. Yeah, what uh, one of the things I'm quite interested in with James McPeak, and I thought this was a great thing. I, I see that he's moved to the city. Yeah, I knew you'd like that. Yeah, I, I, and I think it, it takes you back to the old Jim McLean days, doesn't it? Where you have to, you have to, um, you had to stay within a five mile radius, only ever broken for Peter Benetti, who, who was living at Elmall at the time, you know, and his short, his, his short reign at the club. But no, I mean, I think that's a good thing. It gives you know, it takes three hours a day. James is kind of travelling where, you know, um, it, where it wearies you after a while. But I mean, yes, I mean, he's got. Um, I mean, it was. I'm intrigued by what you say about Charlie Adam. I always remember. There's a great tale from the past, of course, isn't there, about uh, the late. Eddie Turnbull at Hibs when he when you know he remarked to uh, um, Alan Gordon who'd played for both halves of uh, you know the, the, the Hibs Heart divide and, and, and Dundee United and was an accountant to trade and, and he, he'd queried something about the, man, the manager had said and the manager of course uh, Turnbull famously remarked to him the trouble with you Gordon is all oh, your brains are in your head you know and um, I, I think Charlie Adam Charlie's mobility is in his head. He's not the quickest in the world. We know that. But he's such a quick thinker. You know, he, he thinks quickly. He's still got very quick feet, by the way. He's still very, very quick. Takes a ball, moves it quickly, sees the pass, you know, that fraction of a second before other people can wise up to what he's doing. So I think, you know, um, you know, Charlie Adam there, um, 
young Robertson and Anderson, uh, you know, I, I, I think look, you know, uh, really refreshing young players. I think, you know, Fontaine and Ashcroft at the back in the middle, um, you know, it'll be intriguing to see how they do stepping up because they are stepping up a gear. There's no doubt about that. You know, I mean, you step up to the Premiership, you're stepping up. It might only be marginally, but you're having to do it every single game, every single second. Your concentration level has to be that bit sharper, um, you know, in every single second of every minute of every game right through the season. And that can take its toll. Cummings, I didn't mention Cummings, you know, in terms of the two big characters, I think, but he's a character nevertheless. And and it is a team game. So if he can, you know, if he can come off the bench or he's getting 60 minutes in the game uh, or whatever to do his thing, he does have goals on him. He's intelligent as well. They link up well. I like Mullen. You know, I, I'm a Mullen fan. I think more can come from him. And Mick Mullen I've mentioned already. So, you know, I, I think on the basis of, you know, looking at that Dundee side, um, and, and of course, the, the evergreen uh, McGowan as well. I think there are, you know, th- there's a lot, I think, to be quite excited about. But it's all the story in, in the world, um, Eric. You know, they are stepping up a gear. They're stepping up to a higher league, a higher quality of opponent, a, a tougher ask every single week. Um, and it'll be, you know, c- quite quickly, I think, you know, four, five, six games in, we'll get an indication of whether this is a strong enough pool that's been assembled to cope with what the Premiership will throw at them. Good stuff, lads. Well, we're just taking a wee break and we'll be back with our Dundee United chat just after it. Are you a Dundee United supporter? You're probably pictured in the Arabs Away book. Do you know any Dundee United supporters? They're probably in the book too. You, your friends, your family, your tribe are in this book. This is a football book with a difference. It isn't really about the players, the games, the on-field achievements... It's about you, the supporter. It tells the story of the supporter's journey. It shows us in triumph, in despair, in song, in anger and in pubs. It shows us laughing and celebrating, home and away, young and old, for better or worse. Have a leaf through the book. Every few pages you exclaim, I ken that lad, or I was there, or I remember that. There's never been a United book like this. There never will be again. As one of our podcast listeners, you can get an exclusive 20% discount on Arabs Away at dcthompsonshop.co.uk using the code ARABS20 at checkout. That's A-R-A-B-S-2-0 at the checkout of dcthompsonshop.co.uk. Check the episode notes for details and terms. Welcome back, and as promised, we'll go straight into Dundee United. And Jim, are you bothered by the fact that it's 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 a quiet pre-season transfer window for Dundee United so far? You know, sometimes do you mistake sort of you can you can you can have a flurry of signings and to, to no great effect. You know, United are clearly taking their time. We're not going over the whole. We know what they're doing as far as you know progressing their own talents. I think. There's just a bit, a bit of a lull, isn't there? Because they finished, they finished their uh, their cup campaign, mm-hmm. the group stage earlier because they didn't play the final weekend. So it does feel like an eternity since we've we've last uh, spoken to anybody at United. So that's kind of that has an effect as well. But you know, this just because there's there's not there's not any signings doesn't mean to say that they won't come 
there's still a few weeks in the window left. Are you, does it is it an issue for you? Is it an issue in terms of the excitement building for United? Does do any of these things matter? Well, I, I think um, it, 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 yes and no. I mean, I think it's all quiet in the Western Front at the moment. Now, I mean, that that's not felt by any manner of means. I know that a lot of United fans, uh, you know, of my acquaintance, are very worried by the fact that nothing appears to be happening. You know, that there's not been kind of any great signing news, not any great great news. Full stop. Um, now. Thinking it this way, most of us, and I have to say myself included, probably thought that, that Benjamin Segrist yeah. um, might, have been, might have moved on by this stage. I could be, that could be the key mean? to all, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah, well, absolutely. You know, in terms of bringing in mm-hmm. money, opening up the the kitty and all the rest of it. But but does that mean that that Benjamin Segrist is a poor goalkeeper? No, it doesn't. It simply means that you know the market. I mean, I saw some figures earlier on from. Uh, from the you know the, the championship downwards in terms of the lost lost revenue uh, because of COVID last season nine hundred odd million pound that's got a remarkable impact uh, feeding right through the game not just in England but in, in money that might have come to Scotland for the likes of a Seagrass or, uh, or or whatever um, given given what you know given what Celtic have seen between the sticks it might uh, you know it's not possible they might be back in again um, uh, given some of the, the, the atrocious goals that they lost against West Ham in the six two friendly etc but but you know I mean the fact that Seagrass doesn't move on. Does that indicate he's a poor keeper? No, it doesn't. It just indicates that the market at the moment is perhaps a wee bit more sluggish. And if it's sluggish for people maybe looking at a Seagrist, then maybe equally sluggish for United looking at people trying to free up money from a Seagrist uh, sale, etc. Who knows, maybe a Shanklin sale, although I don't think that one is, uh, is likely now. But, you know, also the fact that they're taking their time. They're looking around. They're trying to get value for money. They're looking to see what comes up in the market. You know, do you go quickly for your signings? As Dundee have done, do you hang fire to see what comes up? Um, it, it, it's, you know, th- there is no easy answer to all of this uh, in football. And of course, it might simply be the fact that they've not got the money. You know, that the, 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 they are stretched. I mean, Mark Ogren's put a lot of money into Tannadice Park. Um, I think the very fact that United are going to go down the route of youth, supplemented by the occasional kind of a top pro like a, a Charlie Mulgrew would indicate that, that that money is tight. You know, you can't. You, I mean, you know, it's it's not a bottomless pit there. So, I think for the moment, a lot of United fans are quite concerned. A lot would like to see a, a, another another striker, but then which club wouldn't? You know, and and how do you attract the quality of a striker? Are you are you going to attract someone that is? You know, better than Shankland, better than Clark, or in between the two of them. Where, where do you get? You know, the, the garden. We were talking earlier on about Cummings, um, maybe getting seven to ten goals a season. You know, um, where, where do you get someone that can maybe pitch in with that, or, or pitch in with a bit more? So, at, at the moment, until the transfer window shuts, I don't think it's reason to panic. Um, I think there is concern, but the concern is is an amalgam of concern over the lack of signings and it's concern over the manager. Now, you know, I wrote weeks back in my column, I didn't think that United were taking any bigger a chance with Courts than they might have did with, you know, Jose Mourinho. And I threw that in as a kind of, you know, almost as, as a by the way. I mean, we just don't know how Tom Courts will do um, uh, as a manager. He may do exceedingly well, he may do very poorly. And it's the nature of football that if he gets off to a bad start, people will be on his case to be on the case of Tony Asgar because we've seen it all in the past on the case of Stephen Thompson the manager on, on everyone's case that's how football works you know um, so I think it's it's early days um, but I, I, I suspect that United probably do need to um, flog someone to free up some money to then add uh, to the pool maybe we're a bit more experienced in terms of the striking department Yeah but Alan I think I think we can You've nailed your colours to the master on this one. You're a you're a pretty chilled out type of bloke anyway. You're you're in very much in the no panic camp for United, aren't you? Take, 
Yeah, I, I think... Plenty of time left in the window, etc, etc. I would be inclined to say that they perhaps would have wanted to have more people in than they have by now. Um, but th- that's that's not for want of trying, I guess, is the point I'm trying to make. A midfielder, Alan, probably, isn't it? It's probably a midfield. I, th- I get the impression you can imagine United getting a midfielder and then leaving it a wee bit later for the for a see to see what lone strikers are are, are knocking about like a Mark McNulty again. That you could see that ham, you could see that panning out, couldn't you? Yeah, they need uh, creativity in the heart of the park. I think that's pr- probably bang top of the the list for Dundee United. You know, they've got uh, Jando Fuchs, who I think is a terrific player, you know, a proper engine, tackling box to box, a little bit of everything. Uh, You've got Callum Butcher, who there makes tackles for fun, proper physically imposing presence. But where's the stardust? You know, where's the the guy that cuts open defences and makes things happen? You know, Dundee United are trying to make a transformation from a slightly more stodgy, pragmatic style of football to something a little bit more expansive. To play expansive football, you need players who can play expansive football. And I think you've got someone that can play out the back and break the lines with passes uh, in Charlie Mulgrew. But if he's feeding it into midfield, you need someone in midfield who can then keep it moving, keep, you know, find find the flanks, find Shankland. It's, that's uh, so, but as I say, I don't doubt that that search has been going on. And as Jim alludes to, whether it's money, whether it's they want someone out before they can get someone in, or whether it's just the market being a little bit, sluggish it's it's not quite happened but there are several 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 weeks to go in this transfer window and it's a it's a long season so there's no you don't want to get the wrong person in now because you can get them in now that's not a reason to sign a player the reason to sign a player is because he's the player you want and will actually make your team better between now and may not because he might give you a slightly better chance of beating Aberdeen on Sunday. That's too that's too short term and it doesn't help anyone. So, you know, this isn't this isn't Celtic going into the Champions League tie with a a, a back four that would struggle to get a game for Hamilton. This is, you know, this is, uh, you know, a big game, but not one of their biggest games of the season. There's no reason to be catastrophizing things. Um, but yeah, they they would have hoped to have more in by now, and mm-hmm. before the window shuts, they definitely will have more in. Jim, does the the new firm thing still get your pulse racing? Is it? A- <laughs> Is it a, or is it is it even a thing anymore? No, it's gone, you know? Eric. It's it, it's gone. I mean, I, I, I'm pleased for Stephen Glass because always like to see the, the Dundee boys do well. And, and uh, you know, the result in their opening European tie five. United fan, isn't he? Exactly. United fan, fabulous. Isn't he? Yeah, well, I, absolutely. I mean, he is a United fan. In fact, you know, I, I actually had wondered at one stage whether he might come back, but you know, given his, his you know his 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 closeness with. Um, with you know the, the set of Peter Cormack, and yeah. chairman Dave Cormack. I think that was always the most likely destination, and, and it's all looking good. I have to say for Aberdeen. So, and remember, you know, Aberdeen have got many advantages. They're a one city team. You know, there's, um, you know, they're moving in the right direction. I think on and off the park. I mean, you know, new stadium. But I suspect now it's probably going to happen down near the down near Petrodi, down the beachfront, which is which is a great, I think, a great location, a great idea. Tying them with a bit of help with the council and all the rest. Of it. So it's not a two team city like Dundee, where you know where you're kind of half in the population in terms of support and in terms of sponsorship, all these sort of things. So you know, one half of the new firm may well make a, a reappearance this season. My suspicion is it'll be a wee while before United um, <coughs> do that again. Um, 
and and I think that you know, as Sunday should have said, is it's it's not crucial. It's not a it's not a default, not a defining moment in the season, but it's a very important game. You know, I mean, if United were to go to to Pitodri and take a real leathering, and then oh, I think yeah, the fans would, yeah. would would very very quickly be on the on the case of both the manager, the sporting director. It's not going to take much, is it? Let's. I'm no. not, again, would we say this all the time with United and their support, their fan base? You know, you can't generalise it, but there is a big core there that it won't take much to to get them into full fury, will it? It, it, it could happen quickly. No, it won't because I mean, there's already the, you know, and there has been an on, on ongoing underlying issue with, with, with a section of the support and, and and those running the show. You know, and, and I don't think that that's certainly not going away. Um, it will only go away, or it'll not go away, but it'll only be put into abeyance if the sides start to perform really, really well. That's always the crux for any club. You know, people might not like, I mean, we've gone, you know, in 30, 40 years in football, we've gone from a situation where most people couldn't have told you who the chairman was at your average football club mm-hmm. to a situation where people know all the boards of directors and chairmen and CEOs and, and all the rest of it, you know. But ultimately, you know, the right results, the good results on the pitch, I was going to say, I thought we were listening to a Rangers club statement there. Concomitantly, if 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 it um, if if it doesn't, oh, and the I results love, go really badly. Love how badly. you slip that in. There. <laughs> yeah, that's well, an old an old John Trainerism, that you know. <laughs> Catastrophizing and concomitantly, dearie. I don't this think that'll is, happen. <laughs> no, no much danger of that. Um, but <laughs> but anyway, no. I mean, I think it's it's uh, you know it's 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 early days, but not not overly early days from United. I mean, I, I accept uh, what Alan says that they do need creativity in the midfield. My, my issue is is finding creative, finding really creative midfielders is as difficult, if not more difficult, than finding somebody to put the ball in the net. I, I'm actually I'm actually quite keen to see them finding more width. Uh, to see if some of the yes, younger guys indeed. that are coming through can provide the width and the attacking kind of vibrancy and energy mm-hmm. down the two flanks, you know, to because Bolton was in. a big disappointment last season for me. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, early did. first couple of games, I saw him, I thought, well, well, United want to watch here, you know, but um, th- th- that kind of that that um, that faded very quickly. It became like an old my old Timex, you know, stuck in the drawer, and never to come out again. Um, so no, I mean, I think. Um, there's a, there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of undercurrents going on, I think, at Tannadice. You know, it, it's all quiet at the moment. Um, you give people the benefit of the doubt and the respect that you assume that they are working hard at uh, trying to bring people in. And, and uh, it's, that's also much easier said than done. You know, I mean, good players, good players have a choice. Good players will always have two or three clubs who are, are in the market for their signatures, you know, to offer them contracts. And, and, You've got to, I mean, it's great to sell the club. There's a lot of good things about the club. There's still a big name in Scottish football. They've got terrific training facilities at St Andrews. Um, there's a good support. There's, there's a good level of ambition. They pay well um, as a rule. But there, there are other options available too for, for, for other players, you know. So you, you've always got to kind of weigh all of these things up in the balance. But it's still early enough days, I think, for, for other signings. But much depends on what the finances are. Can they afford to bring people in without getting some out the door because it's not just a case of get you know getting the, the getting a, a transfer fee in it's also a case of how many how many big wage bills can you carry so that's um that's all I think up near at the moment for United getting to the game itself Alan I mean I'll, I'll put United fans at ease because obviously you you are the man it was your first first done United game as a courier writer was up at Pittodrie for the Scottish Cup game and I can remember most people were were as, 
assuming that Am- Aberdeen were going to get through to the uh, the semi final because they I think they were coming off a a good performance against Celtic whatever that whatever that means these days that's a you know it's certainly not what it used to be but you know Aberdeen were strong favourites and United blew them away didn't they I mean I'm I'm not ruling out a you know. <sighs> Again, we don't, you know, Aberdeen, the, the guys that watched the, the mm-hmm. first Aberdeen game in Europe were saying that it looked like they were, they were you know, this the Swedish team were passing it around them no bother at all. And then it was a, it was a goals change games and all of a sudden the Swedes fell up, they fell apart. You know, the, Aberdeen, this is not a team that's been tested by any manner of means yet. You know, United, a United type performance of last season, I know it's different managers, but you know, it's a lot of this pretty much the same same players who will have fresh memories of what they did up at Batordi the last time you know this there's there's a, there's a lot to there are a lot of reasons for optimism for United on Sunday aren't they yeah i mean it's a it's a good point that you make you know muscle memory and confidence can be uh, you know underestimated in football there's no doubt that uh, that Dundee United want to play in a different style and want to you know be less on the back foot and less reactive. But at the same time, they would be daft not to learn from uh, what happened the last time they were up at Pataudry. Stephen Glass has a way that he likes to play. Um, He likes to be open and expansive and that does leave gaps. And I've got no doubt at all that Tam Courts, I mean, this is a guy who has made his reputation in tactical analysis. So I've got absolutely no doubt that he'll be switched on enough to say, do you know what? how I want to play and the our grand scheme um, of things can go on the back burner for a little bit. We'll try to play with the ball a little bit more, but we will not be averse to hitting them on the break, using those spaces in behind, uh, using the pace of someone like Chalmers with long diagonal balls and trying to take advantage of an Aberdeen team that will not only be um, looking to dominate the ball and get people bombing forward, but also just back from a European trip, mm-hmm. which obviously is a position Dundee United you know, would love to be in, but it's one that perhaps Dundee United can take advantage of because there are elements, you know, there's distraction, there's travelling, there's a whole load of uh, hassle and tedium that comes from travelling now that perhaps is even more so than uh, previous years. So, yeah, there's... there's as it's an interesting comparison you make with last season because I do remember very well being told... Um, in no uncertain terms, mainly by Dundee United fans, um, how turgid and grim their game was going to be, and how at best it would maybe be nil nil and play for uh, play for you know <laughs> exactly you know play play to get it back to a replay or whatever. But uh, you know they they blew them away. They were tactically perfect and everything clicked. So you know there's there's no reason why that can't be the case. You know it might be a new man in the Dundee United dugout, but it's the same man in the Aberdeen dugout, and he'll. He's got better players. His players know the way he wants to play a lot better now, so it will be slightly different. But, you know, uh, all I think the lesson to be learned from last time at Pataudry is just to not take anything for granted and not necessarily be, be too pessimistic until we see how things play out and, and the way the game sort of unfurls itself. Yeah, the last, last word on, on the game, Jim. It's, I mean, Courts v Glass is an intriguing one, isn't it? There's, there's two guys mm. that you wouldn't have... You know, what did we have? Mickey Miller against Derek McInnes last season. Two guys that had been around the block a good few times. 
And now we've got yeah. two rookies. Uh, and it, it's part of, it's part of the excitement of football, Eric. It's it's part of what was you know said earlier on, Bread and Circus is, is entertainment. New faces come and go. If it was the same old, same old, there's something great and wonderful about having rock solid players. You know, two or three players about the team who've been at the club for seven, eight seasons. Hardly happens these days. You know, who are rock solid, part of the furniture. That's great. That sense of continuity and all the rest of it. But people like to see new faces coming and going. There was a tiredness about Aberdeen uh, with with Derek McInnes there. I think a lot of Aberdeen fans felt there was a kind of staleness about the place um, that seems to have been lifted I have to say I mean you know when, when I look at the Dons I mean in some respects almost unrecognisable to me you know Scott Brown in the team just seems um, you know I mean I, I I was brought up in an era where there were better footballers at Celtic than Scott Brown, but there were very, very few competitors with that kind of streak about them, just that kind of winning mentality, that drive, that energy, that ambition. And I think he will be, you know, he will make a huge, huge difference to Aberdeen as a club, you know, on and off the park, you know, and I look at that and I see Ramirez and Fergus and Gallagher and, you know, McCrory, they, they, they just, they, they look a strong side, you know, um, and, and they've still got people like, you know, McGinn about the place and Johnny Hayes. I mean, some people think the legs have gone, but on, on their day, you know, I just think they're a strong looking side. And and uh, there's a wee, there's a wee part of me that thinks this could, this could be a very uncomfortable Sunday afternoon for United. I hope it's not, but, but you know, there, there is a part of me that thinks this could go horribly wrong. Well, I'm being kind to Jim and unkind to you, Alan, because I'm coming at you first. Now, give us, you know, obviously it's the it's the start of the Premiership season, it's the start of the lower league season. Give us a give us a bold prediction. I'm not going to ask you, you know, to predict league places for uh, for our local teams or that. No, I'll wait till next week. I'll give you a, I'll give you a week for that one. Actually, see so you can actually see them play. But give give us a bold prediction for for the coming season. Something that's something that's going to happen that we maybe wouldn't, you know, a team that's going to go up or a you know, a, a team that's going to go down, a team that's going to get in Europe or win a trophy. What about it, Alan? Oh, I'll go positive. Uh, I'm not going to wade into... Oh, you would. You're that I'm, type I'm of I'm not guy. going to wade into Rab Douglas territory and say that Dundee are necessarily going to finish above Dundee United, but you can take from whatever uh, that I'm going to say that I think Dundee will finish in the top six. Um, I, I think they're shaping up really well. And Dundee to finish above Dundee United, I, then I think is Well, if that's serious. what you want to read from that, then that's that's completely up to yourself. <laughs> You'd be even even bolder if you say United are going to be fifth. <laughs> that's very true. Uh, I am not. So Dundee top uh, six? I do. There I think go. Dundee will finish in the top six, and I think Dunfermline are going to win the championship. Oh, there we are. You tick both boxes there. Go on then. Come on then, Jim. Right, I, I, I'm, I, I concur with that second point. I think the Dunf- Dunfermline are a great bet for the championship. I think Peter Grant. Oh, we, we say this every year. No, no, I, think I, I do. Year. However, I, I'm going. I'm going to avoid uh, touching on United, Dundee, or St. Johnson because it's too early for that. However, I, I do think that there. I, I think the league title this season will be decided between Petardry and Ibrox. Oh wow, wow, that is bold. So that's that's your that's your one and two then, is it? Uh, I, I, I have to say out of that too I would suspect that Rangers would do it Celtic I think are a shambles <laughs> Celtic are an absolute shambles you know under, uh, nothing to do with the new manager the board have left him in a, they've played him a terrible hand I know he's got time between now and the sh- uh, close of the window but I think Rangers have got a big big advantage over that and I'm actually quite excited with what Stephen Glass is doing at Petaudry I think he might be doing fantastic things up there but you know uh, given my record of predictions who knows but that, that's just a suspicion I have that, that you know for the first time in over 30 odd years 
there's Rabadi, you might actually have a sniff. I'm not saying they'll win it, but <clears throat> I think these two could be first and second, depending on. I'm not, I'm not prepared to make, um, say, which will be which. I suspect it would probably be Rangers winning the league, but I think Celtic are struggling. Where Dundee United will end up, I don't know. Too, you know, too, too many potential signings to be made between now and the window and then the next window and all the rest. Of it. Although, looking at things at the moment, as they absolutely stand at the moment, Dundee do look the better bet to finish above United. Well, yeah, I don't think I don't think either will will go down. I think both will be bottom six. I think I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I mean, I'd I'd love them. You know, I'd love Dunfermline and Ulrich to go up. But I I I've, I've been here too often with with hoping, predicting Dunfermline will will go up. I think it might be another year away. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. Tommy Wright will take Kilmarnock up. Um, and we all know what the, the playoffs are about. I think we will get a couple of promotions from our patch, though. I think Kelty will just blow their way through mm-hmm. that division in one go. And I think I think Brecon will be a success story. I mean, I've really, really been taken with the... I was going to say PR campaign, but just the way... In, I, I didn't expect Brecon to be so mm-hmm. reinvigorated by... By going out out the SPFL, but they generally do feel like a club reborn. The way that you know they're engaging very well with our own our colleague Ewan Smith. You know the stories about the young lad on in the Ukrainian on loan from from St Johnston. Not saying he's going to be a world beater, but just it, just the way in which Craig Levine seems to have you know the appetite for it. The new board that you knew all about, Jim, that was on its way type of thing. I think you know. I think that's going to be a. I think it will be. I think it'd be a great story to have a team that's gone down to come back up. You know, because at the moment we kind of feel as if it's like you know, it's a it's a one way street. You know, the, the, you know, the mm-hmm. dropping out the SPFL has to be you know basically the end of days type thing. And I think that'd be that'd be a great story. So you know. I don't, you know, I think it'll be, a, I think it'll be a tough season for our growth this time around. I think it'll be, I think it'll be probably be tough for, for Montrose, who'll probably be mid table. For for, wait and see with for for, they've got they've got it all on. As for Saints, you know what? It really wouldn't shock me if Saints got to another final. Mm-hmm. It would, you know, it just wouldn't. I think they, you know, they're they're two games away from, uh, you know, our growth could. It would be very Saints to to go and. You know, do well against Galatasaray, or very Saints of old to do well against Galatasaray, then get knocked out by Arbroath. But you know, if they beat Arbroath, they're into mm-hmm. they're one game away from Hamden again, and we know what happens. We know what happens there. You know, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me to see Saints get to another final. So is that is that bold enough for you, or do you want me to get them into you, you, you bold, Europa League stages as well? gone before. <laughs> I don't I don't think they'll beat Galatasaray, but I do think they've I do think they've got a good shot of getting to the Europa Conference League group stage. You know, if if they get a kindly draw, because there's Alan, we'll come back to you again. There's there's some big fish that'll be waiting for them. Even if they lose to to Galatasaray, you know, in the playoff round to get to the Europa Conference League, there's some there are some big clubs hanging about there as well. So all will depend on the draw. If if they don't uh, if they don't find a miracle and get past Galatasaray, but no, it's all exciting stuff and loads and loads of stories across our patch as always. So really, I'm looking forward to this season absolutely. Well, thanks very much again, guys, and we'll be back next week with some of the real league action to get our teeth into and then we can all rip up our early <laughs> cheers, predictions <Eric>. okay? <laughs> okay cheers guys and thanks again for listening bye bye
you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday, or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.